So this last week was my dad's birthday, and I told my 15-year-old son, Jalen, that I was going to reach out. And Jalen said, hey, Dad, if, if you text him, tell Papa I say happy birthday. So I, I look at my son, and I said, Jalen, when you grow up, if you even think about texting me instead of calling me on my birthday, I will personally drive over to your house and give you a grown man whooping. <laughs> At which point he responded as only a teenager can do, and he said, well, then I'll email you, Dad. <laughs> it's the birthday season in the Bruce household. Not only was it my dad's birthday, but my second oldest son, Kylan, had his birthday last week, and Jalen has his birthday coming up here in a couple of weeks, and my daughter, Kira, her birthday's coming on Father's Day, so there's a whole lot of birthdays going on right now. And maybe you have some birthdays coming up in your family, and you know what it's like to be the responsible party to pull things together and get the streamers hung and the balloons filled up and the cake all ready to go. But whether it's picking out the perfect gift or writing the perfect heartfelt note in that birthday card, for you to make someone feel special on their special day, it requires sacrifice. It requires you to put in effort and time and to sacrifice so that they can know how much they mean to you, so that they can know that they are loved. And in life, any area that we want to move forward, whether it's making someone feel loved, investing in that friendship, moving ministry forward, whatever it might be, every area in our life to see progress, it requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. You know, I was talking about birthdays, but age is actually one of the only things in life that advances without sacrifice. Right? It doesn't take a lot of sacrifice to get older. Right? You, you just have to survive another year, and then you get another birthday. But in almost every other area of our lives, sacrifice is demanded in order for us to get to the destination. Right? right? Sacrifice in our health. If you want to get healthy, you've got to sacrifice, go into that fast food window. You've got to stop eating that, that food at the gas station, and you've got to get disciplined and work hard so you can be healthy. That's the reward, but there's a sacrifice. If you want to see good friendships grow up in your life, then you've got to sacrifice time and intentionality. You've got to show up at that life group on a regular basis. Right? It requires sacrifice to get to the reward. If you want to save up money, you've got to sacrifice spending money on all the things that you could spend money on. Your Amazon app can't be your bestie anymore if you want to save up money. You get the idea. If we want to see progress in life and the things that matter, we have to sacrifice. Sacrifice is powerful, it's important, and it's a big part of our spiritual journey. What are we talking about when we're saying sacrifice today? Here's one of the definitions. Sacrifice is an act of giving up something that's valued for the sake of something else regarded as more. Come on, say more. Yeah, as more important or more worthy. So we give up something to get something that we value more. That's what sacrifice is. And the Christian life is all about sacrifice. Our worship is about sacrifice. It's a catalyst for spiritual growth, relationship growth, every good area in our life, sacrifice is like fertilizer in that area. 
It helps us move forward as we give up time and resources. We make decisions. It's a way that we move closer to God and towards the future that he has for us. If you're writing notes today, I want you to write down this foundational lesson. I give up in sacrifice so I can grow up in my faith. Right? I, I give up in sacrifice so that I can grow up in my trust of God and my belief in him and, and, and my strength of character. Sacrifice fuels forward the vision that I want to see happen in my life, the God-given vision. So today we're going to talk about sacrifice. It's not something you hear a lot about, but I've titled this message Lessons from Sacrifice. We're going to talk about it today from 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you want to open up your Bible and follow along today. But, but sacrifice is not talked about a lot because we prefer to retreat into comfort instead of step into our calling. We, we like the idea of calling, but when it comes to calling and we realize sacrifice is demanded to get there, we prefer to retreat into comfort. So what lessons can we learn today from sacrifice that will help us give up so that we can grow up in our faith journey? 1 Samuel chapter 1 is where we're going to begin in this, this great story about a great man of God named Samuel and as, before we get into the story, a little background. It begins with a guy named Elkanah, and Elkanah had two wives, one named Hannah, and Hannah was not able to have children. So she was brokenhearted over this, and, and then he had another wife named Penina, and she was able to have children. And we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 6, where you see it's rough for Hannah, because due to the fact she could not have kids, her rival was making fun of her and making her feel terrible about this. 1 Samuel chapter 1, let's pick up the story Beginning in verse 6, God's word says, Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. And when Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Let's fast forward in the story. They have a little bit of an interaction. Let's pick up the story in verse 17. This priest Eli, he answered, and he says, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked for. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose, and they worshiped before the Lord, and then they went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Well, she has this baby in time, and the baby starts to grow up, and it's time for her to make good on her vow to give this baby up to the Lord. And that's where we're going to pick up the final part of this story in verse 24. It says, after he, after Samuel was, was weaned, she took the, the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull and an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, 
as surely as you live. I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. It's a fascinating story about sacrifice. Hannah, she wants something she doesn't have, and she wants it desperately. She wants this child because this child for her represents her her family that she's longed for, that she can't have. She can't have children. And she's being scorned for this, being barren. And and this, this process, she finally comes to a point where she stands up in the presence of the Lord, and she makes a vow to God, and she says, God, if you'll only allow me to have this child, then I'll give him back to you. And God divinely intervenes and answers that prayer. So Hannah gives this child, Samuel, back to the Lord. And you're going to see Samuel goes on to make an incredible impact for the Lord. And this whole book of the Bible is named after him. But Hannah's going through some really hard things in life. And we go through hard things in our journey as well. Everybody has hard things in their life right now. And, and, And some of us, you know, you might look at the hard thing in your life and say, nobody understands, nobody gets this. It's a really hard thing. Maybe for you it's not one big hard thing. It's been a series of hard things. We all have them. But, but notice in this story, God did not owe her this child. God did not owe her anything. And she could have really easily gotten bitter and angry towards God, but instead she came before God and she asked God for what she wanted. And she asked God for what she wanted and God heard her and God hears our prayers. And when you're in the middle of a hard season, it's, it's good to run to the Lord and tell him what you think you need. Tell him what you think you want. Now, God knows better than us, and sometimes he gives us exactly what we ask for. Sometimes he gives us something different, but it's always better, better than what we imagine. God knows what we need in every season, and she cried out for the Lord, and she said, Lord, I want a family. And God, in this case, answered this prayer as a result of her prayer. And we're going to talk about prayer a little bit more starting on June 11. Next week, we're going to begin a series called Vertical. And in this teaching series, we're going to talk about going vertical in our conversation. We're going to talk about the most consequential conversations in our life. We're going to talk about prayer. Talking, talking to God and seeing God answer and seeing God move in our life. I hope you'll be here for Vertical the, every week of it. I hope you'll be here. It's going to be a powerful week of, of worship next week. It's going to be a powerful service and the, the whole series long. I mean, it's, it's going to be a great time to bring a friend. I can't wait for, for Vertical to kick off next week. But, but she prayed, and she prayed a lot for this boy. And God did a lot through this boy Samuel as he grew up to be a man, and he grew up to be a judge and a leader of God's people. But what's shocking here in this part of the story I want to zero in on is that, that she gave her son to the Lord. Like this, this is her flesh and blood. This is her son. And she loved him, but she loved God even more, and she honored her vow to the Lord, and so she gave up her son to the Lord. It's not the only time in the Bible that someone gave up their son. All right, First John, look with me for a moment, if you will, at chapter 4, verse 9. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God loved us so much that he sacrificed his son on that cross, and he gave his life for you. For your sins, Jesus gave up his life so you could find forgiveness, so that you could find healing in your relationship with God, so that you could have eternal life in heaven. He gave up so that you could grow up into a relationship with God and into the future that he wanted for you. But he gave up so that you could move up and move forward. 
Now we were stuck. We were stuck in our sin. We were, we were dead in our sins. We had no hope. No religion could save us, right? No good works could save us. We were dead in our sins. Only Jesus Christ could save us. Our sinless Savior came and he died on that cross so we would look to him and trust his sacrifice for our sins. We could be forgiven. So the Father in heaven made a sacrifice with his son and watched his son go through this painful death that he didn't deserve. And he took the wrath of God on his shoulders for you. And Jesus sacrificed for you. He disadvantaged himself for your advantage so you could move forward into the future God has for you. He made a sacrifice for you. And and Hannah here, as shocking as it is, she makes the sacrifice to give up her son for the Lord. And, And what I see in this, in the gospel message, what I see in Hannah's story is that love gives. Love sacrifices. And when you love somebody, you sacrifice for them. When you, when you love the Lord, you sacrifice for the Lord. And, and, and here's the lesson. Love is displayed through sacrifice. It's displayed through sacrifice. That's, that's how we express our love. That's how we give our love. We sacrifice. And sometimes it's sacrificing time. It's a parent who showers their child with time and intentionality and parenting them well and loving them well. They make sacrifices because they love that child. It might be an experienced leader making sacrifices to invest in and mentor a younger leader. Sacrifice is how we express love and care to others. It's giving up what we might want in that moment. It's giving up what we think we need now so that there's something else better can come down the road in someone else's life. It's giving up so someone else can can grow up. We were invited over to some people's house recently, and, and Jennifer had made these brownies that we're going to bring over there for dinner. And, and man, was, they were just sitting out there, and this dessert that we, could, we couldn't wait to take over because they, they looked so good. She had made them just right. They, they looked so tasty to me, and they're, they're in our kitchen all wrapped and, and just sitting there in a, in a big pile. And, and every time I passed through the kitchen, I was like, man, these brownies look so good. They look so good. And, and Jennifer would see me looking at them, and she knew what I was thinking, and she's like, don't even think about it. Those are for the party over at their house. Like, don't, don't eat those. And, and so one, one day I'm walking through the kitchen and these brownies are sitting there ready to go. And I, I look at them and I'm thinking, man, these, these things, just, just one. Like I, I, I'm just going to eat one and it won't even be a big deal. And so I, I, I pull back the saran wrap, I, I grab one of the brownies and I take a bite out of it. And it was better than I thought it would be. It was so good. <laughs> well, right about that time, Jennifer walked into the kitchen. She's like, what are you doing? Like those are for the house that we're going to. That's not for now at the house. And so I, I finish up my brownie and wrap it up. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And, and, and day goes on, and later on that night, we're going over to the house the next day. Later on that night, I'm walking through the kitchen again, and these brownies, I remember now how good they are. Now it's not just an idea of they're good. I had experience. I knew they were good. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, it won't hurt just to get another brownie. So I peel back the saran wrap. I grabbed another brownie, and, man, it was so good. And, and then the third one was really good, and so was the fourth one. When we took that tray of brownies over to their house, there's a whole missing section of brownies that this guy had eaten. You know, it was really hard to give up what I wanted then and wait till later. Jen was fine with me eating brownies. She just wanted me to eat them over at their house and not at our house. Right? And, and sacrifice is all about giving up what we want now in this moment, what looks good in this moment, what we want now, which I would fail at with the brownies. Right? It's, it's giving up what we might want now for something that's better later. Better for the Lord's plans for us, better for someone else in our life. It's giving up now so that we can help others later. And, and it's, it's a big deal to sacrifice because we naturally want to retreat into comfort. 
It's one thing to, to come up with the idea of calling and pursue calling, but it, it's so easy to retreat into comfort when sacrifice emerges. Because sacrifice is required, it's demanded if you want to reach the destination of your calling. But when sacrifice comes, man, we retreat to comfort so quickly, don't we? Because comfort's easy. Comfort's easy, but calling is difficult because it requires sacrifice. And to love someone well, to love the Lord well, to love what he wants to do in your future well, you have to sacrifice. And we love through sacrifice. That's how love is displayed, is through, through sacrifice. And it's shocking to me that Hannah gives up her son to the Lord. She, she gives her son to the Lord. She makes this sacrifice. But if you think about it, who gave her Samuel? She prayed for this boy. She birthed this boy. She carried it for nine months in her womb. But who gave her this child? James chapter 1, verse 17. God's word says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift in your life, every, every single good gift in your life, it comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Every gift is from him. So every good thing in my life, when I give something up for God, when I give it to God, I'm not giving him something that's really mine, am I? No, I'm giving him back what's already his. I'm returning it to him. I'm saying, thank you, God, you own everything, and I'm sacrificing this, which I could keep for myself, which I could hold on to for my comfort, but I'm giving it up for you because I love you, and love is displayed through sacrifice. It's displayed through sacrifice. So here's a question. What good thing in your life is not from God? I'm not saying you didn't have a role in it. God allowed you to play a role in it. You might have worked real hard for it, but ultimately, if you can trace it back, is there any good thing in your life that did not come from the loving hand of your father? See, he sacrificed so much to give to you because he loved you so much. And he asked us to walk in sacrifice as his kids. Well, Samuel, he, was, he went on to be raised in the house of God, and he did the work of God, and he ended up leading the nation of Israel as, as their final judge. Actually, he was the last judge in Israel before they switched to kings. And they rejected God's plan, and they said, we want, we want to have a king. And so they eventually were given a king. All right, that didn't always go so well for them, but, but Samuel, he was, he was a great judge, a great leader of, of God's people. And when we make sacrifices, like Hannah made a sacrifice to give up her boy to the Lord, God can do so much more than what we imagine. When, when we turn over parts of our lives that we've been hold, withholding, and I don't know what you've been withholding God, from God. Maybe it's a part of your life. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your family time, your me time. I don't know what it is, but there's some aspect of your life you haven't yet given over to the Lord. And he wants to redeem that. He wants to use it. He wants you to bring him into that space in your life. But for whatever reason, those walls are up and you're holding out on the Lord. And I'm just telling you, whatever area of your life you give over to the Lord, like Hannah gave over her son, God can multiply and do more than what you can even imagine. I'm just telling you. That's how it works every time. God can multiply beyond what you can ask or imagine. And this is exactly what happens. She gives over her one child. And what happens? Look at, look at later on in the book of 1 Samuel, when Samuel actually passes away and he, he ends his leadership and his life has ended. 1 Samuel chapter 1, take a look with me at, at verse 25. Look at the, the power of his, his life. It says, Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him at his home in Ramah. The whole nation gathered together. The whole nation mourned for Samuel. I heard someone say once the, the mark of a, a great man or a great woman is that, that when, you, when you're born, one person cries, but when you die, the world cries. And that's what happened. The whole nation mourned because of his life. 
right? Because he gave his life and service and sacrifice. And his mother gave him as a sacrifice. And because there was a whole lot of sacrifice, God was able to grow up something amazing and a whole nation was blessed. And God can bless and multiply your efforts, your sacrifices, what you surrender to the Lord. He can multiply it beyond what you can imagine. Here's the the lesson. God can do more with my sacrifice than I can. God can do more with my sacrifice. He can do more with your sacrifice than you can. Whatever you give up to God, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive the giver. And wherever you're withholding, there's the potential for great growth to happen in your life. Back in January, we had the opportunity to take our kids to New York City for the first time together. And one of the first things we did while we were there is we went out to the Statue of Liberty. And those of you who visited the Statue of Liberty, you remember your history. You, you know that this was a gift from the people of France. And it took years to conceptualize and to dream up and to assemble, put together. And it was assembled in France. And then it was deconstructed and put in boxes and shipped over to the United States. And years later, it was finally erected in, in New York. And it stood 151 feet tall. When it's on its pedestal, 305 feet high, roughly the size of a 30-story building. And year after year in our country, millions of people travel out to this island to see the Statue of Liberty. Millions of people see this. They see it when they're flying into New York City on their jets. They, they see it as they travel around the city and they look out over the, over the water. They see this, this, this marker of liberty and what it represents and what it means for our country. And, and one group of people gave up. They made the sacrifice to give this gift, having no idea that it would touch so many millions of people. When we turn things over to God, even good things in our life, we have no idea what God could do to use that sacrifice to expand his kingdom, to build his church, to touch lives. And when you give up that thing you're withholding, maybe it's some of your time to serve and to to mentor a young woman or mentor a young man. You have no idea what, what their life could go on and do and the lives that they could touch because you gave up time in this season to love them well to parent your children well, to love on your spouse well, to put your best into your career, not for a paycheck, but for the Lord. When you give your best and you sacrifice and you make those efforts now, you're depositing the seeds of sacrifice that will grow into great things that you can only imagine when you give them into the hands of the Lord. That's why we're doing this special Kingdom Builders offering here. You know, something we're we're doing here next Sunday, June 11, you've heard us talk about it these last couple weekends, and, and what it is, it's an an opportunity for us as a church to make sacrifices. And the purpose of this special offering is so that we together can accomplish more than any one of us can accomplish alone. This is an opportunity for us to give above and beyond our regular giving to the Next Vision Initiative. It's an opportunity for us to invest in these four strategic visionary things for our church. Number one, we want to unleash compassion and help people in need. Number two, we want to invest in the next generation. Number three, we want to invest in planting churches through church experience, reaching people in cities that need a healthy, life-giving church. And then four, we want to invest in momentum-building projects. And man, we've been doing that throughout this year, thanks to your generosity. Those of you guys who have given to Next since Christmas, it's been amazing what God has done. I mean, this was a record Easter for us across our church, even here in Dunedin at our central campus, to see the services packed to the back walls in each service, lives being transformed in Jesus' name, families being impacted, not only in this room, but getting out to the community, 17 Serve Our Cities projects throughout this last year, going out into the community, serving our cities in Jesus' name. I mean, the transformation is incredible. What God is doing here in this space is incredible, and we want to invest more in it. So this summer, 75 to 90% of everything that comes in designated to next, over this next 
few months, over this summer months, we're going to specifically save up so that we can catalyze and move forward this momentum that God is, is already stirring in our church. And we're going to expand our building. We're going to expand parking. We're going to create more space so that more people can experience a full life in Jesus Christ. We sent an email out to you. You have more details, but if you'd like to know more, please let us know. But next Sunday, this is, this is exactly what we're going to do as a church. We're going to step into a big sacrifice so that we can see God make a bigger impact in our city where there are tens of thousands of people in every direction from us that do not yet know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so we're going to step into this, and we need you to step into sacrifice. And so I'm asking you today to pray, to pray as a family and say, God, how would you have us sacrifice as a family financially so that we can invest in your kingdom work through this church to see God do even more in this, this decade ahead than we've seen in these last years as this new church. We, we've seen God do so much, but God has so much more planned as we step in together and make a sacrifice. So let's, let's get ready next week. Let's bring our, our, our offerings, whether you give online or in person, you designate it to next. Let's see what God can do through our sacrifice. You ready for this church? Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's right, come on. Hey, well, let me look back at this, this chapter one more time, 1 Samuel chapter one. There's one more lesson when it comes to sacrifice I see here in, in verse 3. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3, prior to the story we read, it says, year after year, this man Elkanah, he went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of, of Eli, were priests of the Lord. It says, year after year, actually in the nation of Israel, three times a year, every man would, would come up to worship and bring sacrifices to the Lord. And they would come to bring a sacrifice. But in this specific situation, this family became a sacrifice. They thought they were coming just to give a gift, but God said, I want you to be the gift. I want to do more than just you bring your sacrifice. I want you to be a living sacrifice. And Hannah, I want you to give more than you ever thought you could give. I want you to give the son that I'm going to give you. And so Hannah gives of her son who becomes Samuel, who becomes the leader of this entire people. They had no idea. Elkanah had no idea when they went to that city to bring their sacrifice that their family would be that sacrifice, that God would use them and move through them and do amazing things as God wants to use your family and God wants to use your life and your children. God has so much more planned than you're dreaming. God is such a bigger visionary for your life than you are. And look, I know you have big dreams for your life, but God's dreaming bigger. And it says that they brought their sacrifices to the Lord. And I just remind you that your sacrifices are seeds that you're planting in the ground that are gonna grow up the vision that God has for your life. And you're sacrificing right now for your family. You're making sacrifices for your future. You're making sacrifices to grow in your faith. But as you plant those seeds of sacrifice, God is going to grow up a fruit, a harvest that you can't even imagine in your future. But it requires sacrifice because all progress requires sacrifice. And if we want to see progress as a church, that's why we're sacrificing. If you want to see progress in your family spiritually, you've got to make sacrifices with your time, with your intentionality. If you want to see progress in this world and whatever work God has called you to, you must make sacrifices. But the ultimate sacrifice is not something that we give or something that we do. That's certainly part of it. But the ultimate sacrifice is who we are. It's our life, as it says in Romans chapter 12. Final verse I want to read today is in verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as what? A living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship.
It tells us that we are the sacrifice. Yeah, we give sacrifices to the Lord. We give sacrifices to others so that things can move forward. But ultimately, we are the sacrifice. We are a living sacrifice. Here's the final lesson. My life must be a living sacrifice. And how do I do that? I I do that simply by waking up every day saying, it's not about me. It's about you, Lord. It's about you, Lord. I'm here to serve at your pleasure. My life is in your hands. I surrender all to you. What are you holding back on? What are you withholding from the Lord? What is the Holy Spirit convicting you of today saying, hey, give this up for me. Make this sacrifice. Give of your life. Every time you give of yourself to the Lord, you you can never outgive God. Whatever, Whatever you give to him, every time, God can do more through your sacrifice than you can do through withholding it. And I know there's fear, and that's why we withhold, because it's a lack of trust. But trust in what God has done throughout history. Trust what he did through Hannah's life. She gave up something special to her. And her son became the leader of their entire nation. God is dreaming bigger for your life, but he needs you to put those seeds of sacrifice in the soil so that his work can grow up in your heart through your life. I want to close this way. Uh, Someone gave us Disney passes like three and a half, four years ago, right before the pandemic. And obviously the pandemic, everything shut down and the world got crazy. And so we, we just put those Disney passes that we had kind of had in the bank on hold. And we just had, let them sit there. And this last December around my birthday, we activated those. And so we went over there. Anytime we get a chance to have a little free day or two, we'll, we'll drive over to Orlando, the hour and a half drive over there. We'll spend a little family time together. And, and our, my kids have enjoyed the rides and it's been a great experience, good family time this last year. But, but we've been surprised, Jennifer and I, the thing that they like, they seem to like even more than the rides and the whole experience of this theme park is they love trading these, these little Disney pins. Like it is a thing, I'm telling you. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it is a thing. There, there is such a, a following of these little Disney pins. There's tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of these pins out there and all different kinds and varieties from different movies and that sort of stuff. And, and so my kids, they love collecting them and they're these hidden boards throughout Disney, these different places where you can go up to this, this pin board and you can take one of the pins off the Disney board and then you can leave one and they love trading. But I think what they love the most is when they get to some of these pin boards, there's usually a few pin traders around. And you can always tell because they have their lanyards on with all the pins hanging on their lanyards. And they have their little pin folio books with, with all their collections, sometimes of hundreds of pins they've collected. And, 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 I, and I really enjoy watching how much fun my kids have. But one of the things I've come to love is, is every once in a while you'll see an older couple or an older individual that's standing there. And they, you can tell they've been pin trading for years. That's their thing. That's what they do on vacation. Maybe they're local. They come all the time just so they can trade pins. And so they have quite a collection. But they have so many pins. For them now it's not about accumulating anymore. They just enjoy the experience and the interaction. And my kids will rush over there and they'll find all these people, hey, you want to trade? And, and they'll ask, you know, maybe it's an older couple to say, well, what are you into? And one of my daughters will say, I'm collecting princess pins. Or one of my boys will say, I'm collecting Star Wars pins. And they'll open up their little pinfolio book and they'll show them some of their extra pins in that category. And they'll say, well, would you like one of these? And, 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 and they'll trade them these really generous trades. And, and my kids walk away, their faces are lit up. Did you see what I got? I'm so excited. But it's so fun to watch because you can tell that person who's been in the game a long time, it's no longer about what they get. They get more joy out of giving. And they love seeing a little child run away with this new excitement that they've carried for years or maybe decades. And they see their face light up. They love giving them a pen and just seeing how excited they are. And they're looking for opportunities to give, not to take. Some of us are still young in our faith and and our whole experience is about what we can take, what we can accumulate. 
the more that we can give. But when you mature to the place in your life and your life becomes about what you can give, when you look for opportunities to bless others and to build God's kingdom work and to make sacrifices, and listen, they're always gonna be hard to make sacrifices. But when you see the joy that comes and the lives that are transformed and God's church going forward and people being helped and you see how God has multiplied your sacrifice, I can only imagine the joy in Hannah's life. As hard as it was to give up her son, to watch her son go on and do it would never have happened if she would have held on to him close in her own house. But when she turned him over to the Lord and she said, Lord, this is your boy, and he went on to lead the nation. And the whole nation gathered to mourn at the end of his life because of the impact that he had. Can you imagine the joy? The sacrifices that we give, they are difficult. They stretch us. They stretch our faith. But God does two amazing things when we sacrifice. He grows strength in us, faith in us, trust and reliance on God that this world cannot deliver. But God also not only grows up something good in our life, but those seeds of sacrifice that we deposit for his kingdom, that we deposit in the lives of our children, that we deposit into the lives of others, over time, God matures and grows up those sacrifices. Those seeds grow into a harvest it's a hundredfold from anything we could have done in our own power. And so as you give sacrificially, as you prayerfully say, God, what is it in my life that I've been withholding that you want? God, what is it that I can turn over to, to use for you, to give to you? As you pray through that, I'm telling you, God will bless those sacrifices. You will not regret as you give to the Lord and you see God outgive you in every way possible. Church, let's continue to be a generous church with our lives as living sacrifices, with our finances, moving God's kingdom work forward, with our time serving tirelessly. But let's be a church that makes sacrifices so that we can see the fruit, the harvest, the kingdom harvest, all that God has in mind to do through us. Right on? Right on. Come on, let's pray together. God in heaven, I thank you so much for the sacrifice that you gave. God, you loved us so much that you gave of your own son, Jesus. You willingly sacrificed him so that we could have eternal life. And God, we'll forever be grateful. We'll forever worship you and be in awe of the sacrifice you made in Jesus. Your sacrifice on the cross. How can we do anything but worship you and thank you for what you gave so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins, all of our past, so that we can have a future in heaven, but a future here on this earth as well. God, we can be freed up from sin, follow you true surrender. We're so thankful, God. We're so thankful. And God, while we're praying, God, I, I know that you're at work in our lives, and there's many that are just feeling the tug of your Holy Spirit, and there's things in our life that we've been holding on to, worldly things, worldly ambitions, worldly dreams, things that, that have not yet been redeemed by your, your hand, God. And it's still about us and for us and for our kingdoms, and God, there's things we're holding on to. We, we fear giving up. And it means so much to us, but God, today, we just, we want to lift our hands to heaven. We just want to say, God, they're yours. We give them to you. And God, for those who you are impressing to make sacrificial gifts, whether it's to this Kingdom Builders offering to move your church forward so we can touch more lives in this community and beyond. And God, maybe it's another sacrifice of generosity with time, our talents, our treasure. God, it takes a lot of courage, and I pray that you would give courage to your people. I pray that it would not be something that we do rashly or out of emotion, but that God, it would be something that we strategically thought through and believe that, God, you're asking us to do this and that we have the courage to step into that and believe that, God, as we plant those seeds of sacrifice, God, you will allow us to see a harvest beyond what we could possibly imagine. 
And so God, we, we give of ourselves to you. We make ourselves available. As a church, we make ourselves available. And God, we, we believe in your kingdom and we want to build your kingdom and we want to see churches planted. We want to see lives transformed, souls saved, lives changed. So God, just do more of it. We make ourselves available today as a family, as a church family, just saying, God, use us. We want to sacrifice for you so that, God, you can be pleased with our living sacrifice as we go out into this mission field you've called us to. It's in Jesus' powerful, sacrificial name we pray. Amen.